Hey guys, welcome to Calvary HSM. We are a place where we want to make disciples who live and love like Jesus. So we hope you enjoy this podcast. Hey, good evening everyone. How are we doing? Woo! Oh, come on guys. Come on. Don't. Come on. Don't do that. I love you too, Connor. I appreciate that. Hey, uh, everybody, welcome to the five o'clock again. Uh, My name is still JD. It hasn't changed. Um, But so glad you guys are here tonight. I am the Calvary HSM chaplain. And you guys are like, what does a chaplain do? What's that all about? I do a lot of campus ministry. If you're in one of the local high schools, you'll see me uh, during FCA, uh, during the huddles uh, at lunch at your school. Uh, so Tuesday, thir- or Tuesday is T.O. and Westlake, and then, oh, I lost the thing. Um, <laughs> Aaron, can you bring me another like, QR code, Dealey? I lost it. Um, Wednesday is Westlake and Agora. Thursday is Oaks Christian. Oak Park meets, I think it was Mondays. Uh, for FCA, but that's a lot of what I get to do. I also get to do hospital visits. I get to meet with you guys at Ragamuffin Coffee, the best coffee in the world. Uh, it's, pretty, it's pretty rad, right? Uh, the coolest part about that, anyways, is that I get to meet with you guys and have great conversations and disciple you guys. Uh, the other thing, really quick, too, um, I'm supposed to mention, I'm getting paid five bucks to mention it, so I might mention it a few times during the service. Dinner's on me. Uh, is the lock-in QR code that is on your seat. Uh, if you want to know more information about it, I know they already announced it, but hold on to this or give it to a friend. Invite everyone to come. We have capacity for up to 55,000 people. Um, so invite them to come and be here December 8th all night. It's going to be awesome until the sun rises and then you want to sleep pretty much all day and the following week. So anyways, with that, I'm going to pray real quick uh, to begin. Lord God, thank you for this night. Thank you for uh, high school ministry, God. Thank you for... Calvary. Thank you for the students and the leaders who are gathered here each week. God, we thank you for Thanksgiving, the opportunity to give thanks, not just this week, but every day as you teach us through your word, uh, as we show gratitude for the people in our lives, God. And we'll talk more about that, Lord, but thank you for the opportunity to speak tonight. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your son who sacrificed everything so we could have not just that relationship, but hope of salvation for eternity with God. We're so thankful. In your name we pray. Amen. Um, well, guys, I've only got an hour and 45 minutes to talk, so bear with me. Um, so glad you guys are here and uh, part of the series. If you guys were here last week, we'll kind of cover a little bit about that as well in this three-week series on gratitude and how important that is, not just the idea, but the application and the action of what that means to have gratitude in our lives on a daily basis. Um, we start with Thanksgiving. Uh, celebrated on the fourth Thursday in November. I've been around a long time and I didn't realize that, so it's pretty cool. It's fun doing this research. Uh, Thanksgiving traces origins to harvest festivals, giving thanks for gratitude for a bountiful harvest in the cultures, both from the pilgrims who came here from England and for the Native Americans. So it was a time to give thanks for all that the Lord had provided, the bounty he had provided. Um, this is a fun one. I love engagement with you guys when we're, I'm up here ch- uh, talking. So. What's something that you guys are thankful for? What's something, just, just shout out one at a time, like I'm grateful for? The gym. The gym, oh, come on guys. The gym, me, thank you. Food, best friends, what else? Family. Gym, Fortnite. <laughs> See you later, time. Um, Fortnite's a good one, time waster. Anyways, um, what about like a dog? We have a dog, it's amazing. Little buddy, little bean. Um, uh, yeah, not named because I love coffee, but the dog already had the name Bean, so rescue real sweet. We'll bring her up here later. Um, sounds like you guys are, are thankful for a lot of things. Jim, family, friends, food. Uh, 
I know in prayer, a lot of times, Brian Howard will often include in his prayer, he's our, our, one of our main pastors here at Calvary, uh, for thank, thankful for life and breath, the opportunity to wake up and breathe, to be healthy. Health is a huge one too. There's so many things to be thankful for. I think part of the discussion tonight really will be focused on the fact that there's so many things to be grateful for. And that gratitude that we exude, that we show other people really is, is a form of worship, one, but also two, we're able to then exemplify to other people who God is. If we're able to show gratitude in tough seasons, moments of like frustration or hurt or brokenness, maybe tough family situations, I know for a fact because I was in your seat at Calvary in high school ministry myself a few years ago, 30 years ago, um, but coming to the, a room like this at Calvary and knowing that life was tough, life was hard, I'll get more into that in my testimony, but really what God does in and through that. So we talked about Thanksgiving. You guys said things you're thankful for. It's a lot of cool things. Uh, if you could throw up the image <laughs> behind me. How many of you guys have seen this image? It's pretty famous, actually, in America. It's like Americana. It's like Norman Rockwell, pretty famous artist in the 1950s, actually a little bit before that as well. But he painted a lot of images that people say, oh, that's, that's like the heartbeat of America, an American culture. You know, grandma and apple pie and all that kind of stuff, baseball. How many of you guys like baseball? Okay, a couple of people, go Dodgers. Um, but that whole idea, like that image really was emblematic of how people saw Thanksgiving in that day about 75 years ago in our country. Um, so it was grandma and grandpa, everyone gathered around, everyone's happy, the whole family's together. This is like everyone's Thanksgiving now, right? Pretty much verbatim, everyone has this exact moment. Grandma setting it down, grandpa about to pray, and everyone in the family all gathered together on Thanksgiving. And I think that's where the connotation, sometimes even our frustration with the idea of Thanksgiving can come from in that we feel like we're forced to give thanks because it's Thanksgiving. So we sit there on Thursday and go, I'm thankful for my dog, I'm thankful for my parents, whatever, all those things that are really important to us. And yet, in that we know that there might be some tension happening at home as well. So Thanksgiving can be about lattes, it can be about turkey, it can be about stuffing, pretty gross. Um, <laughs> This is kind of interesting too. Thanksgiving traditional is a crisp skin butterfly roast turkey with gravy. How many guys like turkey? Both of you? Good. Same. I used to be as well. I'm recovering. Um, basic cranberry sauce. I don't like call it basic. I love cranberry sauce. Uh, classic sage and sausage stuffing or dressing. Pretty good. Ultimate homemade green bean casserole. Uh, sweet potatoes. Brussels sprouts. Mm. Uh, mashed potatoes. And then butternut. I don't know, pumpkin pie. I haven't even heard of that. Just pumpkin pie normally. Anyways, uh, that being said, uh, my wife Pauline and I are going down to my brother's this Thanksgiving down in Irvine. Pretty excited. It's, it's exciting. We can, we can celebrate that. Um, and my brother, he asked me, I think it was last Thursday, he said, hey, do you have any dietary restrictions? I used to be vegan. So I was like, I'll have some tofu, salad, and no dressing, and just a cup of warm water, please. Um, that since has changed. I'm back to, on the carnivore train. Yeah, praise God. Um, so very thankful for that. I said, actually, I don't have any dietary restrictions, but since turkey's the worst, can we please have prime rib? And he's like, oh, yes. He was so excited. So we're not having turkey, we're having prime rib and all the other things too. So pretty excited for that. So spare to turkey, if you look at it that way, it's kind of cool. Um, but moving on. Um, so Thanksgiving is all these things. Uh, but for Thanksgiving can also be a very difficult time. And again, I don't want to pretend that everyone comes in here thinking of that image going like, my Thanksgiving is going to be awesome this year. It's going to be great. Grandma and grandpa and the whole family gathered around. It might be really difficult. And I know it, it aches the heart of the Lord to know that you're going through that season. 
And maybe the first Thanksgiving without a loved one at the table, if you looked at that picture, you go, yeah, my grandma's not here this year. My grandpa's not here this year. My parents, I'm actually having two Thanksgivings because they're in different houses. So that image, albeit a wonderful, creative, and very talented (laughs) uh, portrayal of what Thanksgiving could look like, I know for many of you, myself included, it has been that season of being in two homes for the same holiday or like Christmas is like, it can be a really stressful time, really hard time. So, but there's so much the Lord wants to do in and through that and it starts with gratitude. That thankfulness is a heart posture of gratitude for all the Lord has done despite my changing circumstances. And I wanna to touch on what Drew, uh, Pastor Drew talked about last week in Philippians 4 and really emphasize verses 10 through 13. These in particular, I think really emphasize uh, gratitude and we'll talk, there's other verses beyond this, but Paul, to give you the context, is writing this. Uh, he's an apostle. He's writing this from prison. So he's chained to a wall and very bleak uh, future ahead, at least as far as like his life in this world. He knows he gets to have eternity with the Lord, and he can't wait. to. He's longing to be with Jesus. But in the interim, he's suffering greatly. And in this, he says, I rejoiced, and this is verse 10, I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but had no opportunity to show it. Not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I've learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know, how, I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound in any and every circumstance. I've learned the secret of having, or facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. And so that idea being that in this circumstance, Paul's able to recognize, he's able to say, hey, I know it's like to, when I'm hungry, I know it's like when I've had, I have plenty of food, kind of like we'll be on Thanksgiving when there's, all, there's extras and leftovers and all this stuff. I know it's like to have nothing, to, be, to have no, no money at all, and to have, to have some money to spend on things like other people. And so in all these things, you think of the spectrum. And I think it's really important to understand in Scripture, we, used, um, we read this oftentimes, and maybe you even heard that Scripture, not just last week, but in maybe Bible study growing up or in your family growing up, and the idea being that scripture is something for us to apply. It's a template to think through, not just to observe. Because through observation, we're able to see, but then through that, we're also, to take, also able to take action. And that idea being that we're not limited to what scripture says and go, that's good for someone else. I don't know if you guys have ever read the Bible uh, at length or sat down and read maybe in quiet time each day, or even heard it right now and go, that's great for the person next to me and these people over here, but I'm good. I don't really need this. It's not that important to me. But until you're able to actually say, wow, I'm actually grateful for what I have if I have very little or if I have a lot. A lot of times we show gratitude when things are really good. It's a limited gratitude. It's a sense of I'm thankful because things are going really, really well right now. That girl said yes to me to go to the dance. I made varsity. I got that grade. I got the A in that math class I studied so hard for, um, et cetera. So all those things, uh, it can be very much a um, conditional gratitude, if you will. And that idea being that we give thanks when it's good for us, and then we're frustrated, or we, you know, we get um, uh, disheartened maybe by what's happening in our lives in a really tough situation. We get that phone call uh, about someone who's sick in our life. We get that call that our, our parents uh, want to sit down and have a talk with us because it's not, just not working out for them right now. We've had those hard conversations. I know that you have because I've, I've been there, and I know that, again, and many of you have been through those situations in your own life, and it's hard, but it's not impossible to get through with Jesus. And so in this, again, he says, I rejoice in all these things. I've been able to give thanks in any and every circumstance. Think about that for your own life. Can you say that? I don't mean, can you repeat that? I mean, can you believe that? That's a very different idea. And yet it's something we're called to learn. It's part of gratitude. 
Um, so moving on here. This is fun. Uh, some statistics for those who want to do math on a Sunday. Like Monday through Friday is not enough, right? Go math. I love it. I'm a history English guy, so take that math. Um, 90% of people describe themselves as grateful for their family, and 87% are similarly grateful for their closest friends. So it's kind of similar, like family and friends, plus or minus 3%. So you have a 9 out of 10 people are thankful for their family and their closest friends. It's pretty, pretty awesome. If you think about it, like most people are pretty grateful, and we'd say, like, yeah, I'm one of those people. I'm really, really grateful for those people in my life. But only 52% of women and 44% of men express gratitude on a regular basis. In other words, we know these things and go, yeah, I'm super grateful, but we don't don't express that. We don't tell people we're grateful for them uh, oftentimes. So we might see someone, and I don't know if you've ever had this experience, but someone you encounter at school or maybe it's a sibling or a parent or a coach or a teammate, whatever it is, and you know you're grateful for them. You're like, oh, it's so awesome. I'm so stoked they're on the team this year. I'm so grateful they're in my class this year. But you don't actually tell them that. That, again, is that kind of like withholding. Like, we know it. We just don't take action in that, in that gratitude. And so being able to say, hey, I'm so thankful for you, it's a, it seems like a big step and seems like it might be a scary step, but it's also a really beneficial step because people know then how they're, how they're appreciated in your life. And that goes a long way. If you guys have ever been a part of camp or small groups, we do a thing called affirmations where we encourage one another. And it's not a false encouragement. It's to say, I've watched you grow in the past However long, you know, this past semester from someone who's coming into our small group who didn't know a lot of the scripture, who's able to recite verses and who loves the Lord and been able to share really deep things. Like, that's a cool affirmation. That's how we can do that on a daily basis with people in our lives. And that, even, even for ourselves, brings a sense of joy. Repeating those things to people and telling people how grateful we are for them, it's good for our soul, too, not just for them. It's this beautiful reciprocation that the Lord uses. Um, this is really cool. So writing down what you're grateful for. How many of you guys journal? Anybody journal? Write down notes? Pretty cool. Yeah, really beneficial. And actually, statistically and scientifically proven, uh, scientists performed an experiment in which they asked one group of, people, a group of people to write down the things they were grateful for on a weekly basis. So just say like once a week, like, you know, I'm grateful for my, my mom, my dad, my dog, whatever, my friends, the team I'm on, my job, whatever it is. And the people who wrote down those things felt better, less anxious, less depressed, less, over, less overwhelmed by the world. Pretty amazing writing those things down because you're aware of it and you're acknowledging that's something in your life. It's not just something stirring around up in here. Oftentimes we have this idea, uh, I'm grateful, but again, we don't, we don't actually write it down. We don't tell someone how grateful we are for them. We don't articulate it. We don't write it down. Um, so it just kind of stays within us. So there, there's more the Lord can do as we write these things down, as we tell other people how grateful we are for them. Um, start today. At the end of each day, write down one thing that happened. Use a notebook or keep a digital log. Pretty straightforward. Those things are simple. And if you're not doing that yet, I challenge you to do it. Maybe it's your next step in your faith. Just say, hey, I'm just going to write down a journal. I'm going to read scripture each morning just for five minutes before school. You know, we're not asking you to say, like, read the whole Bible in the next six months and write down everything you've learned from it. Read one part of scripture. Write down what you're thankful for and move on with your day. But know that, that by writing that out and sharing with somebody at school or sharing with somebody in your life, excuse me, I'm grateful for you. That goes a long way to allowing us to grow in our gratitude and ultimately in our faith. Um, when should you start? It's never too early to start practicing gratitude. Psycho- oh, did I skip that one? Sorry. Second one. Even a single act of kindness can go a long way. Scientists studying positive psychology found that a one-time act of thoughtful gratitude produced an immediate 10% increase in happiness and 35% reduction in, in depressive symptoms. Happy effects disappear within three to six months, which shows that gratitude is an act uh, to be repeated again and again, but also in that 
as you show gratitude, as you encourage other people, it brings you joy. And someone else is like, I had no idea. I was totally unaware of that. That, that, that meant something to you. Or that was a, a, an important person in your life that means the world to them. So start today. Every act of gratitude counts. And it can be as small as saying thank you or telling someone in your life how much they mean to you. And if you've been told that, you know how good it feels. If you haven't, start sharing that with other people. It would be something we all start to do. Uh, it's never too early, early to start practicing gratitude. This is the part I got to last time. Psychologist and researcher Jeffrey Fro, sounds like Fro, created and, impl- and implemented a gratitude curriculum for kids aged 8 to 11, so a little bit younger, but still, same principles apply. The youngsters who received the lesson showed an increase in grateful thinking, appreciation, and positive emotions as compared to their classmates who did not partake. The lessons had long-lasting effects with differences between the two groups at their greatest five months after the program. Again, start today, lead by example, uh, introduce this concept uh, to yourself and to one another, be able to bring that, implement that into your life. Uh, it's really, really critical. Um, and then moving on to the, the text for tonight, if you guys have your Bibles or if you have your, uh, the Bible app on your phone, this is a great way just to read along, highlight it, save it, uh, reread it this week, especially as you're thinking about Thanksgiving with your family. Now we ask you, brothers and sisters, to acknowledge those who work hard among you, who care for you in the Lord and who admonish you. Hold them in the highest regard and love because of their work. Live in peace with each other. And we urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and and disruptive. Encourage the disheartened. Help the weak. Be patient with everyone. Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always strive to do what is good for each other and and for everyone else. Rejoice always. Pray continually and give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And I think, again, you may have read this, you may have heard this, you may have been in a Bible study that went through this, but it, to really apply that to each of our lives independently becomes a form of worship and how we give thanks. And the idea, I think, it, through all of it, it's just saying, like, giving praise to those who are over you, those who are leading you and teaching you. And this really simply put, in this first part, in verse 512, it says, now we ask you, brothers and sisters, to acknowledge those who work hard among you, who care for you in the Lord, and who admonish you. Uh, thankful for people who pour into your life. That's just kind of the simple way to put it. This is parents, small group leaders, and chosen family, kind of three categories. Um, and maybe, you're in, again, a situation that's really tough, your parents are divorced, and you're not grateful for one of your parents, or you have a hard time with one of your parents, or there's a tension between, or maybe you've lost a parent. Uh, I, I want to be sensitive to that as well. Um, small group leaders, how many of you guys are in a small group? Okay, uh, that's pretty good, that's awesome. A lot of you guys, if you're not, sign up. You can always sign up. Uh, and the third part, chosen family, but I'll touch on parents first. So they're the people who raise you, who know you the best and have known you the longest. To say, hey, I'm so thankful for what you've taught me. I'm so thankful for the lessons, even if it's tough. I think a lot of times we'll say like, well, I'll, I'll say something when they say something. In other words, conditional. So the idea that the Lord's given us unconditional love, he's given us unconditional opportunity. He loves us deeply and he knows us the Lord loves you more in a moment than anyone in your life will love you, love you for a lifetime. In one moment, the Lord loves you so much more. But still, knowing your parents and saying, hey, I'm so grateful, and I haven't always agreed with whatever and, you know, internally, but I'm thankful for the sacrifice you've made for me to go to school, for, to help me get a car, to help me find a job, whatever it is, whatever those things are. Those things go a long way, and it's not just to make them feel better, it's to show this is God's love in my life exuded in this way to tell you this, and I know this because God loves me and I love you. I'm thankful for you. Small group leaders, because we have an all-star cast of small group leaders and volunteers who come 
every week, if you're in a small group, you know they show up every week, week after week, uh, wanting to serve, wanting to encourage, wanting to challenge, leading worship, praying with, with you guys, encouraging you guys, offering wisdom in your guys' lives. They don't have to be there on a Tuesday night or a Wednesday night or if you're in Katie Creason's group, Monday night. Um, but it's important to know that the people in your life, the, the small group leaders, have a huge impact. If you just show up, if you just show up, you will begin to grow. But show them gratitude by saying, thanks for leading. I appreciate it. I know this isn't a given. This is not a for sure thing. But they're there every week. And they love the Lord. And they love you deeply. Third one's chosen family. And I, I love this because uh, it's a really broad definition. But you think of the closest friends in your life. And I think they're in that same category as well. We have people that... There's family we were born into, uh, our parents, maybe our siblings, and then there's people that we go, these people are like family to me. We say that about our friends sometimes, or maybe say that about a teacher or a coach or someone else in our life. We go, like, these people are like family to me, and that's an amazing thing. Let them know that. If those are the people you rely on the most, if they're the people that you call and say, hey, I have a question about this situation. Would you pray for me? Is there any encouragement you can offer? Um, be willing to encourage them. Say, thanks for doing that. I really appreciate it. You're, you're, you guys are family to me. It's a huge, huge element. Sometimes that can be difficult, but that's what Scripture tells us. Moving on to 1 Thessalonians 5, 14 to 15. Um, and we urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive. Encourage the disheartened. Help the weak. Be patient with everyone. Oh, everybody? Be patient with everyone? That's hard. <laughs> There's people you can like naturally be patient with just because you've known them longer, you have a close relationship with them. There's certain people that maybe frustrate you. Maybe it's a teacher, maybe it's a parent. We've talked about this before. Uh, but be patient with everyone. And that too is just an example of how we're called to love other people and to show gratitude in our lives. Like being patient with them. Because maybe they're having a hard day. Maybe they're having a rough week. Maybe they're having a really tough season. And our, our heart is not to focus on ourselves, but other people. And there's more of that coming up here in a moment. Um, make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always strive to do what's good for each other and for everyone else. In other words, look out for one another. Are you really doing the things and sacrificing the ways that you know could be so much more beneficial, even if it costs you? And that's sometimes one of the hardest things to do is we don't want to sacrifice our time. <laughs> we don't want to sacrifice our financial resources. Maybe like, ah, they'll pay for it themselves. I'm not going to worry about it. Like, they'll, they'll figure it out. Like, I know they have a lunch, but I don't really care. I've got my lunch and I got 10 bucks. Doesn't really matter. That's when we're called to love and to give and to sacrifice till it hurts. That's showing God's love and showing gratitude. Um, make sure nobody pays back wrong for wrong. How many of you guys have ever been in like a situation with gossip? You don't need to raise your hand. Um, but the idea that people say things and our, our response oftentimes is, I'm gonna like get back at them. I'm gonna say something about them that's not true to make it hard for them, to make it difficult on them, to prove them wrong, or whatever it is, to get revenge. And yet we're called to love and show humility and show grace to these people in our lives. And for that, I would just encourage you guys, again, that's why it's so important to read scripture and to take notes and say, I'm thankful for this, because as you become more focused on what you're thankful for, it's easier to let go of what you've always held on to for spite or revenge or frustration or negativity. The world's full of negative, you guys. You don't need to turn on the news to figure that out. You don't need to experience stuff outside this room to know how difficult and how hard this world can be oftentimes. So just know that if you, someone's going to do something back to someone else, hey, like maybe we don't retaliate. Maybe we just kind of like hold back and just encourage those people instead. People don't expect grace when they've been treated, treating other people rudely. Um, 
And thankfulness considers others before ourselves. And Aaron used this acronym recently, but I, I love it. Uh, use the acronym JOY, which is Jesus, others, and yourself. And in conjunction with that, Pastor Brian Howard also says too, he says, he says you're not awesome. God is. And I feel like that same thing, like, I know I'm not awesome. Um, but God is. And all that he does in his perfect timing and in his will, um, these things in my life have come together to make um, all things new to make life so much better than I could have ever orchestrated it. But that's partly putting Jesus first, then others, and then thinking, thinking of ourselves last or finally. So make sure everyone's taken care of, tended to. If we had that spirit of concern for other people, we live in a very different world, a very radically different world for how we love one another. And this last part, 5, 16 through 17. Um, this is crucial. It says, rejoice always and pray continually. Um, and the idea of it says, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is uh, God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Over the years, I've been in high school ministry about 26 years now, and one of the topics that comes up oftentimes is like, well, what's God's will for my life? What does he want me to do? Because we have this tension of like, I need to follow the path my parents have set out for me. I have to go to this college because that's where my dad went to school. I've got to be part of the same alma mater. I have to do this thing. Um, but what we're saying is in all of these things, like, um, rejoicing always, praying continually, and giving thanks is God's will for your life. Start there. Start with the very fundamental parts of our faith where we're able to say, Lord, no matter what, like, I'm gonna give you thanks. If I don't get in that college, thank you. Maybe you want me to go somewhere else. We've had that, that situation this past year. A couple students who graduated just this very summer who uh, were determined they were not gonna go to this one particular school. Like, I'm not for sure not gonna go there. Um, and come, like, early part of this year, January, February, like, I actually feel like God's calling me to go there. And now they're so connected at that school where they were determined not to go. That's God's will for their life. And to see that and able to sacrifice the things that we go, it has to be my way. Ultimately, God's will will prevail. And we not only shouldn't fight it, but give him thanks in those circumstances where things can be difficult because it helps us to grow. Um, mm -hmm. Excuse me. Scrolling ahead. Uh, thankfulness is God's will for you. Reasons why we are not thankful. And these are pretty, pretty straightforward. Um, and again, things I think you probably have heard or maybe thought about or maybe contemplated or someone said before. We're not content. And part of that is the next part, comparison. We live in this culture of comparing. Uh, whether it's clothes, car, friends, you know, friend group, all that kind of stuff. Um, where we live, where we're going to go to college, the neighborhood we live in. Um, all those things lead us to a place of being discontent or not satisfied with what God's already provided in our lives. And so I think seeing that and recognizing that going, again, are you grateful for where you're at right now? Um, and if not, why? And if not, why not pray now for the heart to be able to be gra grateful for where the Lord has you right now and to know he's going to use you? Um, and the third part is self-doubt, that I'm not good enough. You're compared by other people to other people in your life. I had that growing up too. I went to Agora High School. Um, it was, yeah, woohoo, both of you, it's awesome. Um, Sophia went there, Grace went there, it's pretty rad. Uh, Sophie went there. I'm not gonna list off everybody who went there because it's pretty much everyone in the room, so don't turn around. Um, but go, going there, I had, I had a friend who I was, who I'd grown up with who went to Westlake High School, and constantly my parents were like, why can't you be like Troy? He's doing this, he's got this. He's like, all these things going for him. And it really created like a sense of self-doubt. Like, my parents aren't happy with me. Like, maybe I shouldn't be happy with myself. Maybe I should be discontent with where I'm at. And I was in high school, it was rough. Um, but, but I began to realize as time went on, I'll get to that in my testimony, that God's 
desire and his will for our life is so much greater than the simple things that we can see. It's deeper in the spirit of who God's wired us to be. It's not in the clothes, it's not in the car, it's not in the things that you think bring you satisfaction um, because those things are very obvious. It's the things that the Lord's doing in uh, and through you, in your spirit, as you grow deeper in your faith, he's actually gonna use. Um, Ultimately, I like this, uh, we're not thankful because we don't trust God. And that's really hard (laughs) because everyone here is like, oh, I totally trust God. It's like, yeah, but... What about the thing you're complaining about? What about the scenario that you're in at school right now? What about that friend that you totally just told off or that person at work you talked bad about or your parents you talked behind their backs or have stolen things from them or lied to them or all these different things? So we're not thankful because we don't trust God. It's just that simple. And I think if we're able to say, Lord, help me to trust you more each day. Help me to grow deeper in my faith. Help me to understand what it means to have gratitude, to be thankful, no matter what the circumstance. I didn't say this morning because I didn't have the opportunity until this afternoon. Um, I had a really sweet moment to go uh, be, uh, to go to a park here in Thousand Oaks where a former student who graduated in 2014, uh, he and his wife had like a gender reveal party for their baby uh, due in six months. And it's just such an amazing thing to see, again, God's faithfulness and having gratitude for those moments in life that we celebrate and are so excited about this life that's yet to come. And last night I sat Los Robos with a friend of mine who's in intensive care um, and really struggling and just seeing this contrast of closer to like being with the Lord and those who have yet to be born and just seeing everything in between, the lives that we live and having gratitude through it all. And to say, thank you, Lord, for this new life. Thank this life that continues to be and we pray for this miracle to happen in this person's life at Los Robles. But that's so much of life. You guys have experienced that. And so to, to know that is to say, like, I still I want to learn to be grateful, and I want to learn to trust the Lord more in that. I'll share a little bit about my own story. Um, for those of you who haven't heard it, um, I grew up here. Well, I should clarify. I was born in Chicago. Uh, woo uh, Everyone's like, I'm not from there. Um, I am, so you're lucky. Um, I was born October 15th, and I was born two weeks early. Um, my parents had gone to Italian for dinner. My mom thought it was indigestion, but lo and behold, it was me. A little bit early, too much uh, chicken parm parm for my mom that night. Uh, I came to the world out on the stage and began my life there, and we moved to California when I was four. I had very little to do with it. I just kind of sat there, you know, uh, in the car and kind of cruised out here. And we moved to this area when I was about six years old. I started attending Calvary around the same time. Um, and in that season of life, my parents, all I'd ever really known, I'm, I'm an only child, and all I'd ever really known was my parents fighting fairly consistently. I mean, to a point where it was like mom crying, dad yelling, parents drinking, all that kind of stuff that was just not, not, not great. Um, police came to our house one night. That was like a very different experience. I, I didn't really know what was going on. Uh, a lot of a lot of heartache and a lot of just strife in that season. Yet in that time, in going to Sunday school at Calvary, I was in third grade, and I had our Sunday school teacher ask us, "Who wants to go to heaven and experience eternity with, with God, and not the pain of this world?" And even then, I think I, I began to recognize like the pain that I was living in. I couldn't articulate it too well. I was very very quiet. I was very introverted. Excuse me, at that age, but the Lord really saved me from that. Um, 
period of my life and to the point that I continued to grow in my faith and I had people in my life that continued to pour into me. And I think I began to understand what gratitude was at a very young age, especially looking back. Um, from this point, it's really cool to reflect. And we talked about this this morning, but in Scripture, the word remember is used more than the word love. And I think we use that idea, and it's really important to God is love. God loves us deeply. He sacrificed everything because he loves us. It doesn't devalue the word love, but to realize how many, how many times remember is used is greater than the word love. It's because God wants us to be reminded of his faithfulness and to have gratitude in our lives no matter what. And so we have gratitude. We're able to say, like, I remember that season of my life. It was so difficult. It was so frustrating. Um, but the Lord was still present. He was still working in my life. He was working through my friends. He was working through my, my small group leader, my teachers, my coaches. Um, and you're not alone in that. And I, I can't stress that enough to you guys. Like, whatever you're going through right now in the season, good, bad, or indifferent, challenging, everyone in this room has been in a similar scenario. And the enemy wants to keep us separated. The enemy wants to keep us in a place of not... Um, feeling peace, like we're the only one going through that scenario in our life. And I tell the guys in our small group on Tuesday nights, I'm like, do not leave here feeling you can't share what's actually going on in your life because the loss in that moment is when you get in the car and go, if people actually knew what was happening in my life right now, but the beautiful thing, it's an opportunity, opportunity for us to pray for one another, to encourage each other and say, hey, like, I'm struggling with this. My parents are going through this. Like, I don't know what to do. That's okay. That's why God's giving you the community that you're in. To show up and just be present is one thing, but to be engaged and to be involved and to be, allow yourself to be loved is really, really crucial too. To have that gratitude shared with you as well. Um, one thing I was gonna share, it's kind of cool, um, is that in that season of my life, uh, when I was nine, going on 10, double digits, moving up in the world, um, uh, I got in a camera for my birthday. This is the camera. Like myself, it's fairly ancient but also really cool, just like me, and humble. Um, but this point-and-shoot camera was kind of like my outlet. Uh, it became the thing I created with. And as an only child, I couldn't really articulate my feelings without my parents being upset. And I could see my parents were already upset, so I didn't want to say anything, so I was like, I'll just be quiet. Um, this became a, a, an outlet for me. It became something to create with. Um, and the Lord really, really used this in my life to the point I took photo in high school, took photo in college, um, it's been this beautiful thing to be able to share moments in life and memories in life um, from a really early age and has ultimately become a profession where I actually, I do professional photography now and have, have uh, advanced from this little buddy uh, to this much more substantial carpal tunnel causing buddy. Um, but it's an amazing thing because you get to tell stories. And for me, it was like, oh, I never got to share my story. But God's used this as a redeeming thing and the gratitude I have to be able to create images as a professional photographer for weddings, um, portraits, all that kind of stuff. Guys, it's such a gift to see. <laughs> I've photographed so many weddings from students from high school ministry. I can't tell you what joy that brings to watch students go through life in this four-year window and to experience what it becomes when they fall in love, get married, and to have the opportunity to take those photos. Like, There's times I'm taking photos at weddings, I'm, I'm crying. And I'm taking the photos. So it's, it's pretty amazing to see, but God uses everything. And I never want to forget that. I want to show God gratitude for that. And I, and I hope that I do in all that I do in conversation, in word, and in deed. But it's just amazing to watch what he's done in that time. Another statistic I brought up this morning, I was sharing, um, one I've really thought about really since probably like 2018. We're on a mission trip in Ukraine. We've taken a group of high school students 
from Calvary, from HSN. And we were in this um, village called Mukachevo in the southwestern part of Ukraine, close to the Hungarian border. And have also gone on other trips with Aaron and others to Uganda, to places around the world, Russia, China, um, Costa Rica, all over the place, about 60 different countries around the world. Um, and I think oftentimes I take things like this. I don't have gratitude for things like water. Um, we can go to our kitchen or bathroom in the middle of the night, get a cup of water if we're thirsty. And we don't, we just don't even, it's just autonomic. We just do it. It's like, oh yeah, there's water. I'm just gonna, gonna go grab some real quick. Um, and reading on statistic in 2018, about five years ago in Ukraine, because um, even the kids we were serving in Ukraine, these gypsy kids at this camp, um, many of them struggled with dehydration, other kinds of diseases born from that. 1.3 million people, roughly the size of Ventura County, uh, slightly more than the, the whole uh, county of Ventura, dies every year from a lack of clean water. That's, that's insane. And again, this isn't like a plug for, for water necessarily, but the understanding of being grateful for and the resources. You have so much opportunity. Even clean water is a gift from God. And the ability to use that to keep yourself going, to keep yourself healthy, to then go and serve other, other parts of this country or this world. Guys, it's unlimited what you can do in giving the Lord gratitude for the things that you have. And again, the things that you have are basic things like water, health, uh, a home, you know, those things that we see is um, it's just common, really aren't that common, and yet when we celebrate that and give gratitude, the Lord's able to use, use us in tremendous ways. Um, more of a side note, but um, coffee is another thing I love. I'm really thankful for gratitude. We're kind of sharing the thing of gratitude here. Uh, if you guys have been to Ragamuffin Coffee in Newberry Park, across from Newberry Park High School, it's the greatest coffee shop in the world. Um, but they also, it's just a great environment to be in, to have conversations with other people, to share what God's doing, to bring your Bible, have Bible study, just the, the places you get to go and sharing that. And that's part of my testimony. But moving through that, uh, 2009, uh, my mom was diagnosed with ovarian cancer stage 3C um, and went through a really, really tough season, uh, just a physical battle. I mean, she had a ton of, she had a major surgery at the beginning of October 2009 started chemo right away and relapsed. She had like a, what do you call it? A, um, I'm trying to think of the right term. But basically she, she suffered further beyond that because of the chemotherapy. She had side effects. That's the word, or term I was looking for. Um, and another thing I kind of want to like um, instill in, in this conversation we're having right now is the idea of having gratitude again in seasons like that. There was so much uncertainty, but I began to pray like I never prayed before. And there was a moment to... And again, this is just from, from my perspective, my seat on the bus, if you will, in terms of divorced parents. But if you've been through that or if you know someone who's been through that, uh, it's a challenge. It's, it's, it's a struggle. But I think the thing, and this is a question I've used too, is like um, oftentimes the Lord does these things we don't even ask him for. He's so good. He's so gracious. And the question is this, is when's the time the Lord's answered a prayer in your life that you haven't prayed for? And that's not meant to be like a trick question, but uh, one of our dear friends who used to be a high school pastor here, Drew Sams, asked that question to us in, in the summer of 2010. And, excuse me, he brought that up and I had to think about it. But going back six months earlier when my mom was in the hospital having had side effects from chemotherapy, my dad had come to California with my stepmom to be at my brother's home for Thanksgiving. And he basically said, and my parents hadn't talked in like 22 years. Long time, a lot of hurt, a lot of wounds. And he had never, he never like reconciled anything or made, um, made amends in any way, even peacefully. And so 
I think I'd always desired for my parents to have some semblance of healing, but I never asked God for that. So going back to this moment, November 2009, we're at Los Robles Hospital. My dad comes in, and I just sit. If you've ever been in a hospital room, there's like a TV on one side, the bed's on the other, and I kind of sit against the wall under the TV, and I watch my parents just talk, just to reconcile. And my mom's not in good shape. My dad's remarried. And just when it seems like everything could be like, you know, Life isn't great, my dad's remarried, my mom's sick, all the stuff. The Lord used that moment to bring healing for me too, to see that, to see the reconciliation. And that was a prayer I hadn't prayed for, but I had so much gratitude in that moment. Because in that, I was able to then kind of move forward and say, okay, like, this doesn't last. This heartache that I'd experienced with my parents as a little kid has been reconciled. There's been healing because of gratitude. So, so thankful for that. Um, And that points to ultimately the gospel. If you're a Christian, you know this. If you're not, it's really important to hear this, is that God sent his only son, Jesus Christ, to this earth as a baby to live among us, to live a sinful, or sinful, sinless life. Just clarify, sinless life. Uh, and in his ministry, healed people, brought about miracles, and ultimately because of that was persecuted to the point of death on a cross. And in that death, there was, and in the death, um, he, he was buried and rose again on the third day. Praise God. He conquered death. Rose again. That's the key, you guys. He resurrected. He didn't stay in, in the grave. And because of that, you and I are able to have a relationship with the living God. That's the hope. That's the gratitude that we ultimately have as, as a thanks to what God's already done and continues to do. And he's not done. That's the amazing thing, too. I think a lot of times we look at things and go, like, well, it's never going to get any better than this. We get stuck. But that's where our posture towards gratitude is so crucial and so important. And so in that, as we hear the gospels, we hear the good news, we're able to experience God's hope and grace and love in our lives, again, to a point that it's hard for us to even articulate. But when you know that, when you've been saved by Jesus, when you understand and have that relationship with God, how vital that is. And I shared this this morning, too. And if you've heard me at FCA, uh, I'll say it again. It's so important, though. When you guys graduate... In June of whatever year, whatever year it is that you're going to graduate high school, when you're sitting out in the f- football field, it's 100 degrees because it's graduation day. It was cool the whole week before that. Um, you're going to be out there um, and looking around and, and thinking, man, I had so many great memories of that person, that person on my team, this, that person was in my class. We had so much fun, made so, so many memories. There's going to be people that you see there no matter what, again, because they know Jesus. And there's people you're going to see there that you'll say, I don't know if I'll ever see them again. That's where we come in, and that's where God uses us. And, and our gratitude for being used as believers to say, I need to step into that person's life. I know they're, they're hurting. I know I need to invite them to my youth group, my small group, uh, my FCA, just into, into a conversation at lunch. Be willing to, to expand on that, to, to break those barriers you've already established where it's like, nope, it's my same four friends since I've had since middle school. We don't let anyone else sit at our table. That's not God's heart for, for us in serving other people or for having gratitude. I'd really challenge you guys with that. That might be tough because it's like, well, this is what we've always done. I love the expression, if, you've always done, if you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always got. Because wow. you're going to struggle. It's just going to be a thing that we go through and go, hey, like I never invited them to come, but they'll make it to church eventually. When one of your friends or somebody you know from school shows up and is standing next to you in worship in this room and you didn't invite them, don't be shocked. Be grateful. But also realize that there's other people that should be here right now too. 
who need to hear from God's word, who need to be encouraged, who need to know what gratitude means in the midst of trial and hardship. Um, how has gratitude been modeled for you, and how does your heart align to gratitude? I'm going to subtly call the band back up. Caw, 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 band come back up. Caw, caw. <laughs> we talked about that beforehand, so be cool, be cool. Um, how has gratitude been modeled for you, and how does your heart align to gratitude? Uh, in, in my personal experience, it's been through missions. It's had a huge impact. When I was in middle school at Calvary, uh, seventh grade, we went to Mexico and seeing for the first time poverty. I grew up Thousand Oaks, Pacific Village. Uh, didn't really see that. Didn't was not aware of that, if you will, at that time in my life. And what does that mean? Uh, and to have gratitude in that, um, to be able to see like it's not just the things that I have, not the stuff that I have, but really. Uh, being able to um, look at the hearts of people who had less than I had when I was 12 years old and go, they're grateful. I don't understand their gratitude. Why are they so grateful? Um, and then divorce was another major part, which I already kind of touched on a bit. Uh, and then just suffering. The things that we go through that bring us heartache are also the things that God uses to give us the ability to worship him in the seasons that are the toughest, in the midst of the storm, in the midst of the trial, in the midst of the divorce, in the midst of the breakup, in the midst of the death, in the midst of the disease, we come before the Lord and we worship. We give him thanks because he expects and knows that we have the heart and the capacity to do so. We just need to choose to do that. Um, another part of my testimony I want to get to, uh, it's really awesome. Uh, yesterday, my wife was looking through her iPad uh, photos that she'd had uh, over the years. And this one popped up. I said, like, oh, that's awesome. And it was at this wall right here. And we sat with a group of friends uh, during YA. This was 2016. Um, so it's kind of wild. Um, that's me in the, the funny Christmas sweater, if you didn't know right away. Uh, and that's Pauline and my wife on the right. We weren't dating at this point, but God had used this space and used our stories. He used both of our parents have gone through divorce. And you might say, How God's gonna, how's God ever going to redeem that? How's God going to ever use that for good in your life or her life? And I want to point to the next photo. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. <laughs> and uh, that's just gratitude, you guys. That's something I've done or Pauline has done. It's what the Lord's doing. It's what he's always done and what he'll always do. So I want to encourage you guys. If you've been in a season of brokenness and hurt, give God thanks. Say, Lord, I, I know you're helping to shape me for something for the future. And both of our lives, specifically that moment, I look at that and go, man, I'm so grateful. Grateful for my wife, grateful for her family as well. Grateful for how God's using her in my life to help me grow. So having gratitude for all those things is so uh, critical, but again, something we can do each and every day. Just give gratitude for one thing today. There's practical ways to do that and to lean into the gratitude uh, part of our lives. I'm gonna encourage you guys right now. If you have your phones, I imagine most of you do. Some of you are probably already on them. Um, texting other people, no problem. Um, but text a friend, family, or someone maybe you haven't spoken to in a while and just say, thank you for loving me. Or thank you for being a part of my life. Thank you for being a great friend. Thank you for being a great parent. Thank you for whatever it is. But go ahead and take out your phones and do that. It takes five seconds. It takes 10 seconds. You guys spend eight, 10 hours a day on your phone. Spend five seconds giving someone thanks. That will continue to shape your heart of gratitude. And if they go, why, why are you thinking? Say, hey, I'm, I'm just grateful. I'm thinking about this, this life I'm living. I'm thinking about my friends in my life, and you're one of those people that means so much to me. I just want to thank you for all that you've done, all, all you've encouraged me in. 
Uh, the second part is face-to-face, to tell them in person. That's such a sweet thing, too, to receive that uh, gratitude from somebody in your life is to tell them face-to-face, face, hey, I just want to let you know, I'm so thankful for you. I'm so excited for what the Lord's done in my life, but you've been a huge part of that in my life. Again, it could be a friend, it could be a teacher, it could be a coach, it could be your parents, it could be your siblings, any of those people. Uh, take them to coffee and go to Ragamuffin. It's pretty awesome. Uh, if you like coffee, you'll learn to like it. Um, that's another way to do it. The third one, uh, this is kind of a cool thing we came up with for this particular service, is that in the back there's a big bowl, with a um, big blue bowl with Post-it notes, like little stacks of them. And if you're so inclined, take one of those stacks. There's probably eight to ten per like little stack. Write a note on that to a friend. Maybe post it on their locker. Maybe put it on their car. Maybe leave it for one of your parents. You have no idea the words you say can have such a huge impact, especially in gratitude. We're used to hearing how, how not good enough we are. We're used to hearing how frustrated our parents are at or mad people are at, are at us for something we've done or maybe we haven't done. We're not used to hearing is, I'm so thankful for you. Thanks for being who you are. Thanks for being a close friend. Thanks for caring for me. Thanks for being there for me. Thanks for sitting with me in that season where it was so hard. I'm so grateful for you. That, that, that will just disarm anybody in your life from being in a place where they don't feel like they're loved and ultimately God loves them as much as he loves you. So take one of those as you leave tonight, if you think of it. Uh, again, just use, it, use that as a way to, to show gratitude this week and, and beyond. Um, with that, I'm gonna pray and just thank, thank you guys for listening. I'm so thankful for high school ministry and so thankful for you guys, truly. It's a blessing to be here. Uh, Lord God, we thank you for... Thank you for your word. Thank you for uh, the opportunity to show gratitude um, when maybe we haven't. Maybe it's something foreign to us. God, make it a regular rhythm of our worship, God. Make it part of something we do each and every day. Uh, Lord, just waking up. Thank you for life and breath. Thank you for the people. Thank you for our parents. Thank you for our friends. Uh, I pray that gratitude would become part of our DNA on a daily basis, not just a one-off, Lord, not just Thanksgiving Day with our family. Lord, we thank you for your sacrifice. We thank you for sending your son, Jesus, Lord, into this world to be crucified, Lord, to conquer death and raise again on the third day, to resurrect, Lord, on the third day. And for that, Lord, we are so thankful. Lord, we love you. We give you this evening, Lord. In your name we pray, amen. Don't just take that. Thanks so much for joining us here on the Calvary HSM podcast. We would love if you could connect with us on social media using the handle at Calvary HSM 805 on Instagram or going to our website, calvarywestlake.org slash HSM. We always have fun things going on and we want you to be a part.